This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who finally showed up to work. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not opening up the southern border even more on Wednesday. Five million people have crossed the border illegally this year, and that's before President Biden lets Title 42 expire this week. This guy's a serious ass. But to hear the media tell it, the real problem at our southern border is Republicans who talk about the situation on TV. That is a fact check false. We'll get into it with Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, as well as Chadwick Moore. And of course, your calls, text, tweets and carrier pigeons. It is 888-788-9910. If you want your voice heard in this audio safe space for cool people where we say every day we had a long talk about this on stage in Fort Wayne Saturday night. You could be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a. That is all people were asking during the Q&A during the show. You know, what does the beep stand for? It stands for whatever derogatory term you'd like to use. And it stemmed from my time watching the Smurfs back in the 80s. You didn't realize, but they used the word Smurf as a euphemism for everything. They were like, you know, Papa Smurf is out in the woods with Brainy and they're smurfing Smurfette and the Smurf, you know, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, thinking back on it, those uh, <laughs> their behavior might not have been as innocent as you thought it was when you were watching the Smurfs. He knows what he's talking about. But really quickly, a shout out to everybody uh, at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne. Certainly Liz, uh, who runs a first class operation. And I have to shout out one of our superstar listeners, Sharon, uh, who was at the shows both nights. Uh, not only do I love Sharon, Jenny Fallon loves her as well. Uh, she had some sweet presents for myself and Jenny and Lincoln and Christmas stuff. And uh, Sharon, if you're listening, this bud's for you, girlfriend, and this bud's for everybody who came out, uh, including Jenny Fallon's family, who had a strong showing from Ohio. They made it over to Indiana. And what can you say about Jenny's family? But They're crazy. Well, there's that. Uh, but nobody crazier. As we kick off the show, the triumphant return to the Fox News media platform. I was on America's Newsroom with Bill and Dana this morning. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Across America Facebook page right now. Uh, And I will be on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. But the big headline for me is not that Fox is putting some chubby guy on TV again. Uh, It's that Biden is opening up our southern border at a time when we've already broken every record for illegal border crossings. That's Use your common sense. It's borderline criminal what's going on in this moment. And understand that over on the media side of the aisle, we're not talking about the humanitarian cost of the people migrating here illegally. We're not talking about the overwhelming burden this is putting on the infrastructure of border towns, nor are we talking about the record level of fentanyl overdose poisoning deaths in this country. To be clear, the fentanyl coming through our poorest border has become the number one killer 
of American adults in this country. Is anybody in the press talking about that? Be honest. The answer would be no. Nobody is. Okay, but Martha Raddatz, I mean, as big of a jackass as there is, okay, over at ABC, uh, basically gives a crash course in why the media is really harming the country right now. And I'll explain this to you so you understand. People on competing networks, you know, CNN is a good example of that, MSNBC, you know, people on competing networks, okay, try to accuse Fox of being a one-sided, you know, Republican shill. We're always taking the (laughs) – okay, let me be very clear. The reason they make that accusation is so they can do it and take that one-sided position themselves. Every single time, okay, for as many times as you'll hear CNN or MSNBC, oh, look what Fox News is doing. Do you have any idea how many times Fox News has been destroyed by Donald Trump for taking a position that contradicts his? Do you know how many times we've read that tweet? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Secretary- how many times? Seriously, do you think we've taken incoming fire from Trump? What you just said is a disgrace. Okay, because our side is never the Republican Party. Our side, are you ready for it? Oh, my goodness gracious. Our side is the truth. Bingo. Okay, our side is America. Bingo. Okay, and in this instance, the truth and America are taking a back seat to every word that comes out of the mouths of the mainstream media. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, here is Martha Raddatz, and you talk about how the media hurts us. When the media shills for one party, and I mean relentlessly, Okay, oftentimes they prevent us from talking about the real problem. The Martha's Vineyard stunt was a good example. It was a stunt. DeSantis, Greg Abbott, what did they do? They bust, they bust migrants coming into this country illegally up to Democrat-run towns to draw attention to the problem. Now, people could say, oh, human beings shouldn't be used as pawns like that. Yo, these human beings were sent up on air-conditioned buses where they were fed and provided for. Is anybody saying a word about the actual human beings smuggled into this country and suffocating in tractor trailers? The answer would be no. How about the 30% of women that are getting sexually assaulted crossing our border illegally? The answer would be no. So if you want to talk about having no regard for the well-being of migrants, you know, you might want to take a look in the mirror if you're a member of the Democratic Party. I think he's got a point. Okay, but by trying to make this about Republicans are evil, DeSantis and Abbott are human traffickers... You deny the country the shared perspective of what's going on at our southern border. We have a humanitarian crisis at our southern border. And to understand we're in this position, Not this is not political. This is just me talking to a human to human as a member of the country we love. The previous administration under Trump had cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. Okay, they had begun to build a wall and demonstrated a firm commitment to enforcing our border policies. Why is that significant? Because it sends a message to the people who want to come here illegally that they're not going to get in. When Biden got into office the first day of this iTunes user agreement of a presidency, where they just, you know, they just stick an executive order in front of them and tell them to scroll to the bottom and click I agree, like you're downloading an app in the iTunes store. That's it. You want, we're going we're to eliminate border security. Wait, what? What is it? Just scroll to the bottom. You want your pudding cup or what, old man? Don't make me smack you. Come on, man. And that's it. He scrolls to the bottom, clicks, I agree. And what did we do? We ended border wall construction. We ended the remain in Mexico policy, which took all the teeth away from the drug cartels because asylum seekers had to remain in Mexico until their cases were heard. 
by releasing anyone who gets caught into the country, the message you send to people coming here illegally is even if you get caught, you're getting in. So the message is not don't come. The message is, hey, America is now the college bar that doesn't check ID. Everyone's going to get it let in whether they should or they shouldn't. That's what we've become under Biden. And at a time when we literally broke the five million mark, okay, it never before happened in this country. Okay, what happens on Wednesday is we let in even more people by repealing Title 42, which was a COVID ever restriction. Okay, but here is Martha Raddatz over on ABC. Okay, and, and, you know, basically making the case that the real problem is, well, the they know the border's open because Republicans keep talking about it. Okay, Greg Abbott keeps talking about it as the governor of Texas. Here it is, clip four. Open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. But the people I have heard say it are you, are former President Trump, or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. It was known for the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not. is known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. And basically what he's saying to Martha Raddatz is, Shut up, fool! I mean, what an absolute jackass. Understand, the people aren't coming to this country because Republicans are saying on the news it's an open border, okay? They don't get cable. They're not, if you're walking a thousand miles to get into this country, you weren't sitting around the night before watching cable news in your tent or wherever you live, okay? You're not coming to this country because Republicans are getting on the news. You're coming to this country, are you ready for it? Because you're getting in. That's why they're coming. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. We have empowered and emboldened the cartels by sending the message that anyone apprehended at our border is being released into the country instead of forced to remain in Mexico until their asylum case is granted. The cartels have made over a billion dollars trafficking human beings into this country because you know who is watching the news? You know who does know our borders are open? The ones taking advantage of it, which are the cartels. But when Martha Raddatz tries to hit Greg Abbott with that spin, you understand that's an effort to get her audience to say, well, we're only in this problem because of Republicans, so don't even pay attention to it. The Republicans are the problem. Not even worth hearing their gripes. What are we even even talking about this for? And that's how cable news destroys the country because the Democrats get the confirmation bias that they know better. It's not worth hearing these people out. And And the story goes away as far as they're concerned. But if you live in a border town, okay, your infrastructure continues to get crushed. Okay, if you happen to be one of the 30 percent of women who get sexually assaulted coming into this country, do the basic math. The 30 percent of the women who cross the border get sexually assaulted. And we've had five million people Two point five million of those were women, which means you've had about seven hundred and fifty thousand sexual assaults at our border this year. Are the all empowering protectors of women in the Democratic Party saying a single solitary word about the plight of those migrants? The answer would be no. No. Martha Raddatz is telling you, oh, go back to bed, America. It's just Republicans talking about it. They're the ones who made this mess. You know, the ones who started building the wall and taking away the power from the cartels, the ones who implemented Title 42, the COVID ever restriction. They're the ones that are actually causing the mess. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Folks, we're living in the death of shame. But it also coincides with the death of this country, dude. Everybody, everybody, 
everybody in the world prioritizes border security. It's not because they're racist. It's not because they're mean. No, it's because the border is the front door of the house. And you'll want to know who's coming in or out of your front door every damn day of the week. It's not because you're against anybody per se. It's because you're for your own well-being. That's the real issue. But when somebody in the media like Martha Raddatz gets out there and attends to, you know, attempts to make this a political thing, Okay, making it a political thing. It's no different than what they did in Martha's Vineyard. They tried to make the story about Ron DeSantis. They tried to make the story about Greg Abbott instead of making the story about the 5 million people coming here illegally. That's the story. Okay, are you watching the videos from our southern border right now where you've got, you know, caravans of 10,000, 15,000 people and we're now being told on Wednesday when this is repealed it's going to get even worse? Okay, here's Greg Abbott, you know, making that case. It's clip five. If the courts do not intervene uh, and, and put a halt to the removal of Title 42, it's going to be total chaos, uh, whether it's COVID or some other issue. When you have people coming across the globe without knowing at all what their health status is, that almost by definition is a public health risk. There's every reason to keep that in place. Biden sucks. Okay, understand. Right now, the White House is getting on TV. Telling you, oh, we're going to bring back masks. Oh, you got to get vaxxed and boosted. Oh, we're all in this together. Okay, but understand what Title 42 was. It was a COVID-era screening mechanism that allowed our border agents to turn people back who were apprehended if they posed a health risk to the rest of us. So on one end, you got the Biden administration saying, do your part. We're all in this together. It's time to start shaming the unvaccinated. But if you come here illegally, none of that applies to you. Not a big deal. Welcome. Nobody's illegal. Come on down. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. But you understand in this moment, okay, yes, that's gargantuan hypocrisy by the Biden administration, because if we're in a public health emergency, then there aren't exceptions to the rule. If the house is on fire, okay, you call the fire department, you get them here as soon as possible. You don't say, well, not in that room. It's only burning in the den. So we're just going to let it burn for now. But that's exactly what they're doing at the southern border. And believe me, I have great empathy for the people fleeing third world nations who are being faced with real insecurities, food insecurities, cartel violence, corrupt governments, all of things they'll encounter if they wind up in Democrat cities. But you understand this is not only counterproductive to the well-being of the country, but when the media piggybacks off of it and starts telling you it's not even an issue, they're only showing up because the Republicans can't shut their mouths. Yo, these people don't have food to eat. I promise you, they don't have a Verizon subscription where they're watching cable news every night. But the reason they want you to believe that's the case is because they'd rather talk about anything than the mess that these idiots created at our southern border. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the rock album that's got audiences sneaking into the country. White House Records presents Elton Joe. Twelve Elton John anthems reworked in honor of our 46th president. Music so good, it's like a drug. Then he gets naked. It always winds up on TV. 
Captain Joe, coming soon to a retirement home near you. Lost my damn mind, I lost my damn mind, now I can't find the words. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're talking about the southern border. Really quick, I want to deal in my girl, Teresa, from Grand Rapids, Michigan, because Teresa gets it. Uh, yo, Teresa, you there, girlfriend? My radio buddy. How the heck are you? Uh, better now that I escaped Fort Wayne. What a rowdy group of people the Midwesterners <laughs> are. <laughs> Any uh, snow down there while you're there? Because we got dumped on over the weekend. No, it was like there was a fair amount of, like, flurries. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But okay. La- later in the show today, I will recount my adversities getting from New York to Fort Wayne and back because my trip home involved not the Bronco I drove out in, but three vehicles mm-hmm. and a plane before I was back in New York last night. It's a long story. You know, <laughs> I, I have a similar story. I tried to get back from Denver on Friday and had to sit in the Chicago airport overnight. Well, let's be clear. That sucks, but it's better than sitting in regular Chicago. At least you're Probably. here to dis- at least you're here to discuss the tale. Chicago and is I where didn't get shot. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Chicago is where SEAL Team 6 goes to get scared. It's not good. It is not good. <laughs> Tell me about your Democratic friends, because this is a very interesting point you're about to make. This is oh, this is so fascinating to me. So we're sitting around, and again, they're bringing up how much it cost them for their groceries. Mm. Only two people, and now it's costing them $150 a week in groceries. And then they're bitching about their gas bill. And I'm just nodding, just biding my time. Don't start a fight. Mm-hmm. Still got to let our lions win. So... <laughs> Then he'd start talking about, or someone said, hey, did you see all of those people lined up at the border right now? That's a real mess. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've been seeing that for months now. <laughs> this is really bad. You know, you, you've got bad people coming into this country, but that's thousands. And my friend says, well, but they're not all bad. No, 100%. They're not all bad, but that 1%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Trump had kids in cages. They were they they had literally kids in cages down there. <laughs> and you know what's so funny about that? And this is the problem in the wow. country because we're not yeah we're not having honest conversations. The air right, quote right. the air quote cages were built under Obama. Number one, mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. two, there are more people in those facilities under Biden than there were under Trump mm-hmm. by a margin of a thousand. But the, I tried to explain that, no, they but they care. won't hear that because the media is not covering that. They're no, no. not saying it. That's so the whatever the media is telling them, mm-hmm. that's what truth is. And they're like, yeah, but you just listen to one side. No, I no, don't. No, we I listen. don't. I listen to all sides. You got to make your own you get it. decisions here. No, you get it, Teresa. Game ball to you. We're going up against a commercial break. I miss you already. Don't get emotional. And what Teresa's saying is CNN is the worst. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. 
Got a busy week of Fail-A-Vision on the telly. If you want to see me in action, I am on Gutfeld tonight with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Tomorrow, I am the one lucky guy on Outnumbered. Tomorrow night, you will see me on the Ingram Angle. And, uh, you know, Laura loves having me on the show. What a fraud! Whatever. I'll be there anyway. Wednesday, I am on Waters World with the great Jesse Waters. Uh, Thursday, I am uh, back, me and Sean Hannity, getting the band back together Thursday night. And Friday, uh, you will see me on the Faulkner Focus. And, of course, everyone knows that Harris loves me to death. That is offensive, and it is not true. Whatever. And Thursday, excuse me, after I'm done on Harris on Friday, I will be on the Five uh, with Judge Janine and the gang uh, Friday afternoon. And, of course, they're thrilled to have me as well. That is a lie. Whatever. No bigger lie than the one told by Corrine Jean-Pierre at the White House. This is a clip from December the 1st that's going to touch off the other half of the discussion I was having about the border. This was Peter Ducey asking when Biden was going to go to the border. And KJP, with a straight face, tried saying, tried saying, okay, that he'd already been there. You were lying your ass off. Is he ever? Here it is. Clip eight. Kevin McCarthy says that he invited President Biden down to the border. How does the president RSVP? (laughs) (laughs) We know know the president's never been down to the border. The possible next speaker says that he wants him to go with him, so is he going to? So, look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. uh, And since he took office... Since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. (laughs) Has President Biden been to the southern border since he took office? The answer would be no. Straight line. Straight line. And I'll explain why he hasn't gone. Is because to them, this is a political issue. They don't care about the people. If you're at the tippy top of a government, you have to have a callous indifference to life. You do. Because you're always making decisions that are not going to be perfect for 100% of the people. You're looking for a majority in the decisions that you make. So to lead a country of this size, to implement policies around the world, including policies of war and, yes, policies of open borders, on some level you have to be indifferent to the suffering your policies cause. Okay, they've achieved that. Joe Biden is a career politician. He's been in Washington since Washington. Guy's been there like 50 years. Okay, understand they don't care about these people at the border which is why they won't go down there. If you go down there, it forces the White House press pool. Everywhere the president goes, he is surrounded by reporters, like the president spent the weekend in Delaware this weekend. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and there was a pool of reporters documenting his every move. So if the president goes down to the southern border, he brings that press pool with him, and at some point the national media starts discussing the fact that our border is completely overrun. Well, it's completely overrun. It's a humanitarian crisis for all 50 states because the drugs that come across the border wind up in all 50 states again and again and again. Fentanyl, okay, it starts in China. It makes its way down to the drug cartels and crosses our southern border. It is the leading cause of adult death in this country. Okay, you never hear a word about it ever, ever, ever anywhere in this country. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Totally, because they're more concerned with protecting a Democratic president who's endangering the rest of us. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. But one of the reasons this show has gotten as popular as it has, certainly not because I have any broadcast talent. You know, I'm a regular guy. Spent a lot of time driving a cab, doing stand-up comedy, even on the TV side. Say it all the time. I'm surrounded by TV stars who look like TV stars. I look like the guy who installed your TV. 
But the reason it works is because I can have honest conversations with you and I can be honest about both political parties. I'm going to give you some clips here of a Democrat. Okay, I don't come on the air all day and bash Democrats just for the sake of bashing Democrats. If they do something right, I'm going to praise them for it. And here is Henry Cuellar from the great state of Texas explaining that border morale is in the toilet and that they're not prepared right now as we speak for the fact that it's about to get exponentially worse when they repeal Title 42. Here is Henry Crayar telling the truth. This is clip one. First of all, morale is not good because they feel that the administration doesn't have their backs, number one. Number two, are they prepared? No. Even the $3 billion that you mentioned a while ago, that money is, is going to be used for processing, is going to be used for food and shelter and transportation of migrants. It doesn't uh, address the issue that we're facing at the border. I mean, and it doesn't, okay? It doesn't address the issue we're facing at the border, okay? What border agents have become, you understand, the old adage in sports is defense wins championships. Come on, man, defense wins championships. So the border, okay, is supposed to be protected by our defense. They're supposed to be out on the field tackling people before they get into the end zone, okay? And then, yes, if they shouldn't be here legally, sending them back to where they came from. Okay, we are for immigration. This is a country built on immigration. I am not telling you I don't want people here. I'm telling you I want them to come here legally. The reason the Democratic Party has lost 40 points with Latino voters is a lot of voters who migrated here legally notice that the country is starting to resemble the type of countries that they fled. Correct the mundo. Okay, legal immigration. But instead of having our border agents, our defense on the field making tackles, they're now changing diapers. They're now doing processing work. They're now letting people into the country and working in HR position, a human resources. Can I get you a stimulus check? You know, where can I send you next? What kind of benefits can we give you on behalf of the federal government? And we're teaching them dependency. Why? Because that dependency in a perfect democratic world We'll have them become voters at some point down the road, at which point they'll continue to vote for those government subsidies. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. But I want to give Henry Cuellar credit. He is a Democrat from the state of Texas. He is a Democrat. Okay, I want people who look out for the country regardless of their political affiliation. That's what this show's job is, okay? This show is not an activist. You got to vote Republican if you listen to me. I don't care. Okay, Jim Jordan's going to be on later. He's a pretty prominent Republican. I love a lot of his ideas, and I enjoy talking to him about football. That's why he's welcome on the show. But he's not on the show because I'm out here shilling for one side. You dig? I'm out here shilling for my side and your side, which is America. It's not the Republican side, not the Democratic side. So Henry Cuellar, he deserves praise for at least having the balls to speak up about how his party is wronging the country. And here is him explaining how Biden visiting the border could actually make a difference. It's clip two. You've been faulting President Biden for failing to visit the border. Um, Policy experts would say, you know, photo op doesn't do much to you. What does going to the border actually achieve? And do you think it's uh, the reason he hasn't gone is because the White House is afraid it's going to backfire, that the border agents you're talking about will be disrespectful to him? Well, look, there's different ways of visiting the border. He doesn't have to uh, go there for just a photo op. But, you know, a leader has to show uh, images of, of being up there in the front. He, he can do that. It, it, he can do it in, in so many ways. 
And I'm not asking for a photo op, but I think the message that will go uh, to not only the men and women in green and blue, but to the border communities, I'm more interested in the border communities, will say, hey, look, I'm the president of the United States. I'm here at the border, border communities. I feel your pain. Okay, but Joe Biden isn't doing that. Okay, he's not saying to the border communities, I feel your pain. What is he saying every single time? Oh, this is a Republican talking point. Oh, we're going to make those people pay, those border agents who were whipping migrants on horseback. Do you remember that? Okay, we had that situation where the Border Patrol, okay, in a still photograph, was accused by the Biden administration of whipping Haitian migrants. (laughs) Wasn't true. And how do we know that? Within a second of that photo hitting Twitter, the photographer who took the photos alerted Secretary Mayorkas and the Biden administration not to say people were getting whipped because he took a video of the incident and no one was getting whipped. I admire your honesty. Okay, I admire his honesty. But you want to know who didn't care about his honesty? The people in the White House who even after being alerted by the photographer that this didn't happen, went out there and said it did and said they're going to suspend and discipline these guys that evokes images of slavery. And why did they do that? I mean, it's disgusting because they'd rather be scapegoating the Border Patrol for a fake situation than talking about their real inability to control our southern border. That's the issue. That's the problem. Biden's not looking to demonstrate empathy for border towns, nor is he looking to demonstrate empathy for Border Patrol. Why? Because they are consistently categorized as people who support Trump because Trump was big on the border. Okay, Trump was big on border patrols, big on building a wall. He was big on Title 42. He was big on the Remain in Mexico policy. All policies, by the way, that kept you and your family a lot safer than what we're living in now. But because the same Democratic representatives who had voted for border wall funding under George W. Bush and again under Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? But when Trump came down the escalator and said build a wall, the same people who voted for border security twice turned around and said, oh, hell no, that's racist. This is politics as usual. That's all it is. Okay, the politics are always more important than the people. When guys get to Washington, they don't get drunk on power. They get absolutely plastered on power. You know, drunk on power is you're singing Love Shack at the top of your lungs and you don't sound great. Plastered on power is you're standing on the bar with your shirt off singing Love Shack and there goes your pants. The people in Washington are so hammered on power that they've learned to be completely indifferent to the suffering they're causing at the southern border. Like political opposition, you have to understand. It always came with a basic decency, being that, hey, just because the other party passed it, if it happens to be good for the country, you don't go out and campaign against it. You don't go out and try to repeal it just because. Traditional politicians do that, though. In the day and age we live at, you know, I'm not running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I I think you all know that by now. You've all gotten mad at me for giving you honest takes about Trump. But you understand his policies were exponentially better for the country. Because they did prioritize border safety, 
which becomes something that overlaps with all the individual safeties you'd like to think the government would provide you in this day and age, but they're not fulfilling, okay, their obligation to the American taxpayer. The streets are not safer. The border is not safer. Our kids, our adults are being poisoned by fentanyl. It is the number one cause of death between the ages of 18 and 45. Okay, this was not the case when we had Remain in Mexico. It was not the case when we had Title 42. It was not the case when we were sending a strong message to the border cartel, to the cartels anyway, that we were going to build a wall. Okay, but because we campaigned against those policies just because, hey, we got to score political points. Who cares if people die? Who cares if migrants suffocate? Who cares if women get sexually assaulted? They don't care. Okay, the politics are always more important than the people. And that's why we can't have nice things at the southern border. Early in the evening, just about set for time. People cross the border, although it is a crime. Country's out of order. Biden really sucks. Biden's brain is putting. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Jim Jordan coming up from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. We're also going to talk with Chadwick Moore because the president is having a celebration of his accomplishments this year. That's a thing. They're doing it at the White House later today. Shut up! Will you shut up? I don't know anybody who is uh, spiking a football after the record year we had of inflation and fuel catastrophes, the borders overrun. We're a little bit of a laughing stock on the world stage. But you know what? On this show, as I say all the time, the world's on fire. We're just roasting radio marshmallows, trying to keep the mood light. Because one thing I can tell you from experience is the key to conquering adversity is just staying calm and making smart decisions. And I bring that up because my franchise quarterback, Jenny Fela. A lot of you guys met her at the comedy club this weekend. Really sharp gal, other than the fact that she agreed to marry me. I think a lot of people would throw the challenge flag at her claims to intelligence after walking down the aisle to throw her hand around this guy. But uh, Jenny and I left the Fort Wayne area Saturday night, Summit City Comedy Club. It's a great, great hang. Uh, the crowd sang happy birthday to me during the late show. They were so much fun. We had so many laughs and just vicious jokes. It was like being in a comedy club in 1982. Nobody cared. You can't offend an audience member with comedy. No one in the history of comedy has ever gotten offended by a joke if they were within 30 miles of a Cracker Barrel. Doesn't happen. People who live in the Midwest get it. They don't come out to the show to get upset. They come out to the show to have a good time. And we had a damn good time. But when I was driving home uh, Saturday night after the late show, Jenny and I, because you know I'm a cab driver, I like to get on the road. I haven't driven a lot lately. I used to drive 12 hours a day, 84 hours a week. 
And uh, I don't drive anymore. Now I'm like a feral cat that's been domesticated. They put me inside a cable news empire, and uh, I'm just inside all day, hanging out, you know, chasing a little shoelace here and there, getting a little sunspot on the rug. So when I go on the road from time to time, it's my chance to let the cat outside to kill a couple of birds, you know, gobble up a couple of mice. And I was all excited to drive home Saturday night 700 miles. But 100 miles into the trip, uh, my Bronco had a, a leak in the tire. So we pulled over, we filled it up, and sure enough, the digital gauge went back down again, at which point around Toledo, Ohio, Jenny and I deduced that we had a major leak in this tire, and we had to spend the night in Toledo instead of driving home, get up the next day, and try to get the tire fixed, which, of course, didn't happen because, as it turned out, we had a uh, leak uh, that could not be plugged because it was a sideways uh, you know, impression. Now, the issue there is my Bronco has 35s on it. They're big tires, and nobody had one that they could immediately replace it with. So what Jenny and I had to do is we had to continuously fill up the tire for a drive down to her parents' house in Wapakoneta, Ohio. We refilled the tire once every 15 miles six times to get down to Wapakoneta, at which point her parents uh, graciously picked us up, drove us to the Dayton airport, and we flew home. Uh, a team effort, if ever there was one, and one of those like wonderful reminders that you are a part of an incredible operation of wonderful people being Jenny's family. Uh, but the point is, I think a lesser group of people, uh, a lesser couple, a more hot-headed, a more temperamental group of people would have been in the fight of the century by the time we had refilled the air in my tire a sixth time. Uh, when we were a mile from Jenny's parents' house, uh, the rock actually dislodged from the tire on the highway at 70 miles an hour when flying out, at which point all the air leaks out of the tire. This could be a problem. For a lesser man, for a lesser couple. But drawing on my experience as a New York City cab driver, I very calmly downshifted the vehicle, got into the right lane, and rolled it off the exit ramp. At the very second the tire was running out of air, I pulled into my parking space just as the meter hit zero. And me and my wife laughed all the way back to New York because cooler heads always prevail. We handle adversity like pros in the Fela house. When things are going good, it's the other way around. I'll get like a bonus a week from now and it'll be like, you know. But until then, this Bud's for you, Jenny Fela. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Well, well, well. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet. We are, of course, broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon lacing him up to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Uh, Chadwick Moore is coming up. He's going to spend some time. Jim Jordan is in the house as well from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. But taking center stage as we get underway is the January 6th committee. We are just moments away from the final public meeting of the January 6th committee. They are expected to make a criminal referral of one Donald Trump. Now, what does that actually mean to you? In short and in long... Democrats are so full of crap. ...is in short, uh, in long, I will elaborate from there. But essentially what's going on with the January 6th committee here is when they make a referral to the Department of Justice, which is, of course, headed up by Merrick Garland, 
a guy who was denied a spot on the Supreme Court by Republicans, a guy who does have a little bit of an axe to grind with the Republican Party, a guy who previously staged the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which unprecedented in the 246-year history of our country, was supposed to be, you know, unavoidable. You know, he was selling nuclear secrets from other countries. Our lives were in danger. All of those things are what we were told. And then lo and behold, after all of these special masters got involved and everybody said there was an existential threat to our country, okay, we ultimately came to find out that it was all clown stuff, that Garland was really out there just, you know, shaking down Trump for something that could have been settled back channel and very much read like there was just a political axe to grind more than anything else. Now, to be clear, somebody compromises the safety of this country, I want them prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I'm not here giving anybody a free pass regardless of what party they belong to. But the big takeaway from the January 6th committee is a takeaway you probably could have formed at the end of the Mueller probe, which is that these are a people that will stop at nothing to take down Donald Trump. Okay, these are a people that don't need evidence, that don't need proof, that don't need a legal justification for doing so. We were told the greatest conspiracy of our lifetime by Adam Schiff and these Democrats, which is that Russia had seized control of our government. The president had compromising dirt on Donald Trump. This was an Austin Powers movie. Dr. Evil had taken over the country from afar. That's what we were told by Adam Schiff. You shut your mouth, you bastard! The Adam Schiff who said the proof of Russian collusion was definitive, and it went on. It was well beyond, you know, like hearsay or circumstance. Here it is. I'll give it to you. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, Actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I I can tell you that the case is more than that, Uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now, so... Um, again, I think so you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion. Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, seriously, I'll say it again, Adam Schiff. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Oh, it goes beyond circumstantial and it's definitely worthy of an investigation. Wrong. Dude, the whole Mueller probe, just so you understand, the process was the punishment. The Mueller probe was based on a Steele dossier bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign to create a counter-narrative against her private email scandal. Okay, her campaign cooked up an unverified, unsubstantiated dossier out of thin air and said with a straight face that Vladimir Putin had dirt on Donald Trump Because of something called a Russian P-tape. What the hell did you just say? I didn't say it. They said it. Okay, completely fabricated out of thin air. They ran with it with one anonymously sourced bombshell report after another for two and a half years. Because what they were hoping to do, it was a soft coup attempt, is get Donald Trump to fire Robert Mueller and create the perception that there was a there there. That is correct. Okay, that was the point. Okay, they didn't have collusion, but if Trump fired Mueller, everybody could be like, see, the walls were closing in. They fired the guy so he couldn't get him. We got to get him out of office. And that's what they were going for. Okay, Adam Schiff and the Democrats knowingly gaslit the public over the biggest conspiracy and pile of misinformation in the history of our country. 
which is that a foreign entity now controlled the American government. You think of how far-fetched and insane that is. For all the misinformation accusations that get bandied about on, you know, the Democrats and social media, okay, they told you Russia controlled our government with a straight face for three years. Folks, if Russia controlled the government, if they had concrete proof that Russia controlled our government, they would have physically, through the use of force, got Trump out of there. But because it was just a soft coup designed to get him to self-destruct, they let this thing roll on. Now, I established this precedent in our conversation. Why? Because as we get here with the January 6th committee, you understand politics were always the point. Stopping Trump was always the point. Everybody has a friend who complains about somebody at work so much that you eventually realize your friend is the problem. Okay, and if you don't have that situation, it's because it's you. That's true. That is true. Okay, but that's what they are when it comes to stopping Trump is they have tried everything known to man. There was impeachment number one with Ukraine, where they accused him of exactly what they were doing, which was peddling influence in Ukraine. Okay, impeachment number two was in reaction to the to the January 6th riots, but it didn't result in Trump being barred from running for office ever again. So now they're back to the well. It's technically a fourth time. You had the Mueller probe, you had impeachment one, you had impeachment two. Now you have the January 6th hearings, impeachment four. This has become like a Fast and the Furious. You just get like Vin Diesel's in the next one. They just spin one off. Okay, and they spin one off. Why? Because Trump is the guy. They want to run against Trump as evil. Trump is going to bring down our democracy. Trump's going to get us all killed because it's easier to run on this guy's bad than it is to run on we know what we're doing in a position of leadership. Okay, the Democrats run the country into the ground. And it doesn't absolve Trump for what he did on January 6th. But you have to understand, looking back towards January 6th of 2021, the most shocking thing about it is the price of gas, is the price of food, is the murder rate in the country being substantially lower than it is now, is the number of illegal migrants crossing our border being 90% lower than it is now. Okay, the Democrats have really screwed up the country. And Trump, from the day he came down the escalator till now, has always been the thing they needed to distract from their failures of leadership. Remember in the movie Scarface, Tony Montana, played by Al Pacino, stands up towards the end of the movie when he's in the restaurant. He says, you need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your finger and say that's the bad guy. And that's who Donald Trump is to the Democrats. They need people like him so they can point their finger and say that's the bad guy. Were Donald Trump's behaviors on January 6th bad? Yes. He should not have been giving that speech. He had the right to do so. But bringing a quarter of a million people down the block from the Capitol while they were certifying the vote created the potential for unrest, created the potential for federal agents to infiltrate the group and cause most of the chaos you watched. Oh, wow. Okay, that's what January 6th was. You know, when asked under oath, if there were any feds, any members of the FBI working to exacerbate the situation, okay, what did they testify? They testified, we can't answer that question. We can't give you an answer on that. You gotta do better than that. Because when the feds won't tell you whether or not there were feds involved, that's because there were feds involved. You are correct, sir. And it doesn't mean... Okay, that Trump didn't play a role in creating the potential for unrest. It doesn't mean that Trump supporters and all those other dirtbags didn't wreak havoc on the Capitol. I condemned it then. I condemn it now. But the Democrats are trying to get more mileage out of this 
because of the politics. And I know that because here is Chuck Schumer, okay, after the midterm elections, admitting that they got over on the American people with the January 6th committee. Understand, it's not enough for the Democrats to hustle us. They have to spike the football when they get away with it. Here is Chuck Schumer, clip 10. There were the January 6th hearings. I think they had an important effect because people didn't just read about something that happened once, but every night they saw on TV these hooligans, these insurrectionists being violent, beating up police officers. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Okay, he says it. I think they played a significant part in the elections because every night on TV they saw these hooligans, they're fighting police officers. I got to ask, was Chuck Schumer, I don't know, ever concerned about the police officers who were killed in the summer of 2020 during the George Floyd riots? The answer would be no. Okay, they didn't care. They don't care about cops. They cared about the political viability of showing those particular cops under great duress, duress that no one should ever have to go through at our Capitol. But to be clear, January 6th was not a coup attempt. It was the end of the movie Animal House. The fraternity had been disbanded, and they were showing up to upset the homecoming parade. There was no world where your president was about to be that guy in the Chewbacca bikini. Okay, that wasn't the point. They weren't there to overturn the election, nor did Trump go down there and tell them to overturn the election. Trump's actual words were go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. Okay, that is hardly ransack the place and try to make President Chewbacca the new guy. Okay, that wasn't the point. But Adam Schiff, here he is yesterday on State of the Union, saying this was criminal intent to overthrow the election It's proof. It's clear. You know, just like the Russia thing. Why? Because the politics, the politics, the politics are so much more important than the truth in this instance. And again, I don't run the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I just want an honest country. Our problem right now is not Donald Trump. Okay, our problem is the border. Our problem is inflation. Our problem is the murder rate. Our problem is fentanyl. Our problem is the fact that we cut domestic energy production. We're now outsourcing it to dictators in third world nations. The guys like Adam Schiff who want you to believe they're protecting democracy are propping up a dictator in Venezuela with their energy policy. Democrats are so full of crap. None more than Adam Schiff. Here it is, clip nine. I think that the evidence is there that Donald Trump committed uh, criminal offenses in connection with his efforts to overturn the election. Um, And viewing it uh, as a former prosecutor... um, I think there's sufficient evidence to to charge the president. To get a conviction now? Well, I don't know what the Justice Department has. I do know what's in the public record. Uh, The evidence seems pretty plain to me, uh, but I would want to see the full body of evidence uh, if I were in the prosecutor's shoes to make a decision. But, uh, uh, you know, this is someone who, uh, in multiple ways, uh, tried to pressure state officials to find votes that didn't exist. Uh, This is someone who uh, tried to interfere with a joint session Uh, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol. Um, If that's not criminal, then then I don't know what is. You're a loser. I mean, I'll say it again. You're a loser. Okay, a couple of things here. Okay, number one, he did not incite a mob to attack the Capitol. This is totally false. The actual words he said were, go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. That's what he said, Adam Schiff. You can't just make up lies about people. You can if you're Adam Schiff. When it comes to intimidating Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger, 
Okay, clarifications of that story have been issued a thousand times because he did not say, go find the votes. Okay, did not say that. But again, Schiff is running with this. But did you hear when he was asked, is there enough evidence there for a criminal conviction? What did he do? He filibustered. Well, you got to let the Justice Department, it depends what they have. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. They know. Okay, that Donald Trump is not going to jail. He's not going to get charged with incitement. You want to know why? Because if he was going to get charged with incitement, they don't need a January 6th committee to hold show trials on TV for a half a year to do it. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, if the Justice Department wanted to charge somebody, they conduct their own investigation and they make their own arrest. They don't sit around and let Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin the guys who told us the last election was stolen, gaslight the country over the dangers of elections being stolen, of someone claiming elections are stolen. Do you understand? The big charge against Donald Trump is that he threatened democracy by saying the election was stolen. If that's criminal intent, if that's enough to get somebody behind bars, what do you say to these people? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And so is a jackass like Adam Schiff. Okay, if saying an election is stolen is a threat to our democracy, we got to do something. Then every one of those people would be subject to their own situation, their own panel, their own review, their own DOJ referral. But why aren't they getting a DOJ referral? Because they're Democrats. I'm telling you because I care. Trump's actions were terrible on January 6th. Okay, but that's not what anyone's concerned about in this moment. It's no longer about January 6th. It's about the swearing in of the next president in 2024. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Donald Trump's presidency is over. But for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. The Ex-President Hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. Ex-President Hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The Ex-President Hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Chadwick Moore, my good buddy, an editor at The Spectator. He was on Gutfeld with me last week. You watch him on Tucker's show all the time. He is stopping by in the next hour to discuss not only this January 6th nonsense, but Joe Biden's plan to have a celebration of his accomplishments at the White House later today. That was embarrassing. I mean, really. But it's optics over outcomes in Washington every day. You want the optics, the perception that you're doing good over the outcome that you're actually helping and delivering for people. One of the things we talked about last Thursday, I was on TV with the great Harris Faulkner, was how Pete Buttigieg, you know, was flying private all over the country. And now he's being investigated for ethics investigations, you know, because he shouldn't have been taking the flights and he was spending taxpayer money and, you know, optics. Hey, we care about the climate outcomes. And we're flying around in a private jet. It's ridiculous time. They have emptied the bench. We're in garbage time in Washington. And we'll have some clown talk next with my man Chadwick Moore. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing a little Def Leppard photograph. Def Leppard's still on tour, by the way. Uh, but it's different now. At their age, they're now singing Pour Some Splenda on me. No longer sugar. The doctor won't let him have sugar. Joining us now on the program, a guy who's still allowed to have whatever illicit substance he wants. He is a fan favorite on this show and every show, if we're being honest. I mean, what a good get. He is a journalist and contributing editor at The Spectator. Chadwick Moore is back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Better now, Chadwick Moore. You know you're always good for morale. Um, <laughs> did, did I hear correctly that you're on your way down to D.C.? Is that a real thing? Oh, can you believe it? Yeah, I just got to the swamp. I'm here for a couple of days. All right, no, I respect that. Uh, it's really because yeah, yeah. the reason I bring this up is it just happened to me during a commercial break seconds ago. Okay, Biden just tweeted. Well, to be clear, somebody just tweeted on Biden's behalf. <laughs> Do you believe Biden is tweeting? No, he doesn't, doesn't even know what Twitter is. There's no, no way. <laughs> if if Biden was tweeting his actual syntax that he spoke in, it would look like a cat walked across the keyboard. No. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Well, Biden just, me and you always, we get into some shenanigans. Biden just tweeted that a family driving home for Christmas in two cars will save $200 this Christmas because of gas prices coming down. Without even getting into the ridiculousness of that, my question to you is, what family is taking two cars to Christmas unless, oh, I don't know, maybe the son has a baby with a stripper and he's not allowed to drive with mom and dad? <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah the, the grandchild they won't acknowledge maybe has to ride uh, with a separate driver. Going down there. <laughs> I, like, I'm like, I get what they're going for here. But to me, as a guy who reads between the lines, I'm like, wow. So Hunter's not even allowed to ride with the family if he wants to bring his own daughter. That's my takeaway. <laughs> Yeah, that tweet was inspired by some real-life uh, first family drama, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The poor kid. I mean, it's it's, unbel- it's unbelievable. In this economy, as long as mom's getting paid, who cares if it's in singles? The point is, you, your grandkid is provided for, and, and Biden won't let her ride in the beast. And I don't like it, Chadwick. I don't like it. But let's have this talk. Uh, the word on the street is Biden is, going, is supposed to be holding a, a celebration this week of his accomplishments. Can you confirm that you are or are? on your way to D.C. to participate in that celebration? 
I am not, unfortunately. I'm here for uh, research for a, a book completely unrelated to that. Oh. But, uh, gee, I would love to come to that celebration and the, you know, uh, five journalists who show up in their little circles and stand around. Like, what's he going to be celebrating? I mean, we know what he's going to say already. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly. But... Imagine, like, Biden having a, like, celebration. That's like Chumbawamba putting out a Greatest Hits album. Okay? You're short <laughs> a lot of hits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there is like a, a carryover between Biden and Chumbawamba. They both get knocked down and get up again. I mean, but Biden got knocked down by himself on a bicycle and on the White House stairs. Yeah, he gets knocked down by the, the light, pleasant breeze and uh, his imaginary friend. So, <laughs> What a time to be alive, Chadwick Moore. What a time to be alive. But it, it's really weird. I bring this up, though, because like there's this weird thing going on. I always, you know, I always talk about how there's, like, there's this perception over this reality. And something you had said on our show a, a few weeks back about how for, for gay people in America, the struggle had sort of ended. But Biden is still running that straw man play. They had that big pride parade on the White House lawn land. Last week as if gay couples were in danger of losing their rights. He had actually said, you know, it's not right that people can get uh, married in the morning and get fired from their job or arrested later in the day for being gay. Is that going on anywhere in America? What on earth is he even talking about? And, 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 and don't forget that what was what was included in this uh, in this bill that legalized gay marriage for the second time 10 years later for no apparent reason was interracial marriage mm -hmm. was now finally legal according to the press and the and the white house also through this bill okay another thing too is like whenever you see these stories about like first of all who's getting fired from their job for being gay absolutely no one and uh -huh. even if that were legal which i don't believe it is anywhere in the united states uh one call to the local newspaper and yep. your business is finished destroyed and also got a hundred thousand dollars in a gofundme account so um <laughs> even if that were legal uh, you're going to be actually better off in the end. You're going to be a celebrity. In, in fact, fired for being gay. that is such a brilliant point. I would like to hire you for this for this show and then fire you, and we'll split the money on the back end. Could we do that? <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, oh yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> you would get. You're right. Your GoFundMe money would be like eight hundred and fifty thousand. Conservative talk show host fires staffer for being gay. You would have like yeah. an Ellen special, uh, a Netflix deal, a trillion dollars. I don't know that you'd I actually know. give me my cut of the money. That's my only concern. You've done me dirty like, in the past when we were playing we were in the game shows. Renovating our kitchen on Fire Island. How are we going to finish it now? We need fifty thousand more dollars, and then the money comes in. It's <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> <laughs> Chadwick Moore is on the line. He's gaming the system as always. But you make a good point, okay? Getting past our nefarious scheme to shake down gullible people on social media, there's not a job in the world you can get hired for in 2022 where you voice an open disdain for anything. Literally anything and anyone. You can't be a FedEx driver. We've seen this. We've seen FedEx drivers leave like nasty notes or something. The guy is doxxed within an hour of that being posted online, and he's fired within five minutes of the post going live. So a lot of this to me is straw man stuff. But I think it works to, to some extent because what I think happened, and I think this goes back to like the summer of 2020, is most of these like protests and social justice efforts are branding exercises for the people that are engaging in them. And I think 2020 gave people the opportunity to repurpose their boring, miserable selves as like civil rights crusaders at a time when we were not in a civil rights struggle that remotely resembled anything we had seen in 1964, maybe even 1994, if we were going to be honest with ourselves, no? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, completely right. And even with the gay thing, I mean, you see that with these these late stage activists who peaked in the 80s who just have no idea what to do with themselves. So they start like a sub stack and they pretend that, you know, homophobia is rampant. Uh, if the White House says you can get fired from your job for being gay, they're on it. They suddenly have something to tweet about. They have momentary uh, fulfillment in their lives. But at the end of the day, nothing. That's why you see with these like these NGOs, if you want to stick with the gay thing, mm-hmm. they've moved on to, you know, nothing but trans, trans all the time, 24-7, because what else do they really have? Yeah, so <laughs> uh, even they don't really seem to be to, – they seem to kind of see through this um, law that was passed, which uh, is also another thing. It's amazing the timing of this when, um, you know, uh, Putin's threatening nuclear war once again. Mm-hmm. What's the White House doing? Oh, we're going to we're going to pass the same law that happened 10 years ago. Don't worry <laughs> about what else is happening in the world. We love you, Gates. <laughs> and, they had a, and they had a party and, you know, it's madness because a lot of people, though, show up and they're like, yeah, we're doing something. But they're not doing anything is the point. It's right. We live in an era of slacktivism where it's like it's important to say you're doing something and you get the credit for like, look at this guy. He cares. But no one's actually doing anything like no one's ever even putting down their phones. But I bring this all up, OK, because all of this talk about I guess you said it the gay thing as you framed it uh, is that. There's this effort being made, and you were the one who said this on the show. Every time they la- they add a letter to the alphabet, it gives them another lane to run in of grievance, another rebellion, uh, you know, even if it's a straw man rebellion to engage in against the quote-unquote oppressors. Did you follow this effort by Katie Porter? She's a Democratic representative who was saying we've got to get rid of the word pedophile because it con- you know, carries a negative connotation. And this is clearly um, you know, that and the term groomer, an attack on the gay community. This is all said, number one, as if we've never had straight people grooming people for sex, you know, whether it was Jeffrey Epstein or R. Kelly. But is the word pedophile, I'm just, we're spitballing here, are they going to try to make this a protected class of people? Uh, five years ago, I would have said, absolutely not. Are you insane? There's no way. Now, I think it's certainly on the horizon. If they can make you believe that biology does not exist, that the basic difference, that men should be playing in women's sports and crushing them at it, by the way. Yeah. What, th- th- that level of absurdity is just, it's almost to prove what they can get away with, how much they can make you disbelieve reality, and also – uh, to shove in your faces that they can put anything forward if they have the right, if they have enough money and enough, enough talking heads in media to sort of break it down and analyze it and do a TED talk about it. <laughs> they can convince all the sort of people in the Acela corridor that intellectually, yeah, this might be something that we should consider. It's so sick because, you know, I was always like, I was always, I'm, a, I'm a gay guy and I was always raised with, you know, older gay men in my life who would tell me how much they fought against that association between gay people and pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know. So many of them are silent these days because they don't want to go up against the alphabet mob. But I can't imagine what they must be thinking. It's something that I never thought I would see. And to associate the word groomer with gay, we're saying, oh, if you call someone a groomer that's anti-LGBT, you're, you're flat out saying that all gay people are groomers and pedophiles. <laughs> I mean, why don't they see that? <laughs> I'm like, has anyone ever watched like Surviving R. Kelly? You know, because he was, you know, <laughs> grooming on the other side of the aisle, if you will. And, you know, last I checked, Jeffrey Epstein uh, also playing, I guess, for the other team in this equation. And that's what's so crazy is that we live in such like a it's such a reductive, like intellectually lazy time that you can feed people this emotionalist nonsense. And they get in there like I hear the term minor attracted persons. OK, yeah. 
anyone saying minor attracted persons should not be allowed around children. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, because what are you doing just by using that term? You know what you're doing. Everyone knows what you're doing. You're trying to take away some sort of a stigma. You're trying to medicalize it. You're trying to humanize it, more importantly. Why does it need humanizing and medicalizing uh, this is uh, uh, it, we know why you yeah. have some sort of extremely sick agenda going forward. <laughs> Don't ever buy a used laptop from Katie Porter, I think is the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, I thought I got into trouble swapping laptops with Jared from Subway. This is bad. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I kid. I kid, Chadwick Moore. Don't go away. Um, <laughs> let's have this uh, one other talk because you're down in D.C. and I know this kind of thing is prevalent. Now, you have been actively and openly a big defender of Dr. Dr. Fauci. Um, at every turn, <laughs> any show that'll have you on, you've gone, I've seen you with Tucker. You'll go out of your way to say, no, Tucker, you're wrong. Fauci's a good guy. I'm kidding. <laughs> but are people in D.C., because in New York, they're back on the masking train. And uh, we still don't have like a study that says masks work. But I think that, too, has just become its own branding exercise. There's a lot of masks in New York this week. Are you seeing that on the way down to D.C.? I was having this conversation this morning, 7 a.m. I'm in a cab. Streets in New York are empty, and everyone I saw on the street, no one around them, outside was masked. And I was texting my friends about it. One friend was at the airport. He said, it's the same at LaGuardia right now. I've been noticing on the subway the masks are totally back. In D.C., I haven't walked around yet enough. I have seen a couple masks just coming to my hotel. But I'll let you know. But it's I think think the conformity attitude is more – Stronger in New York, you know, in, yeah. in this, this island society where everyone just really, really conforms. So they see one person doing something, they feel like they have to. But D.C. is, you know, just as liberal, if not more. So, so I will have to report back in that. You're right, though, that the masks are back. It's like, what what CNN report did I miss that everyone else saw? <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know what it is? The mask is the Democratic MAGA hat. That's what oh, it yeah. is. They put it. it, it it's political virtue signaling yeah it's all it is i've got a mask on look at me and it's so (laughs) like i don't care what you do but the point is it's like the mask is like the vaccine if you think it works then you don't ever have to talk about anyone else again you're good you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i've i've never called the neighbors and said hey me and jenny are going to go at it later can you guys put on a condom you know what i'm saying (laughs) and jenny is a very frisky gal she's from the midwest to be clear so i probably should call You know, but the point is I haven't called. But the logic is so flawed. But Chadwick Moore, you, my friend, never flawed. Uh, Thanks for some time today. Good luck down in the swamp. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you. Ho, ho, ho. We'll see you in the new year, my man. There he goes. The great Chadwick Moore. And there we go. Back after this. Since early May, after I threw the old ones away, cause Fauci said I didn't need them. All the kids have to wear them in school, they don't care if you look like a fool. Man, it seems like a stupid rule, but what do you expect from Joe Biden? The master back in town, the master back in town. I said,
You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. How great is Chadwick Moore? Uh, of all the things to be excited about, the growth of the show this year, we've got a lot of big things to announce next year uh, in early January, launching a bunch of cool new stations. Uh, Chadwick Moore has been such a phenomenal addition uh, to the guest lineup on this show. Uh, I love bringing on people who can just converse honestly, especially people who are members of, you know, what you'd have, the Democrats would have you believe are a protected class. Like Chadwick Moore is a gay conservative, uh, but he sees through the charade of all of these straw man arguments. You understand, Joe Biden has this big celebration last week on the White House lawn about what? Ah, the Defensive Marriage Act. The Republicans, they want to repeal marriage. That's not going on. Nobody had introduced a bill anywhere to get rid of gay marriage. It wasn't a thing. Okay, but if you remember, in having that big celebration, Corrine Jean-Pierre got out there and said, no president has been a stronger ally to the gay community throughout his career than Joe Biden. <laughs> this is who Joe Biden was before taking office. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? <laughs> so uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> no, nah, there's no issue, because they just sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened. Joe Biden is a vice presidential candidate. Flat out said he and Barack Obama opposed gay marriages. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But they came around in the end to support them because it became politically viable. You understand, I'm fine with gay people getting married. Anybody who's crazy enough to want to get married, so be it, okay? I am a bad ambassador to marriage because I've just, I have, I really, like, I have the greatest woman in the world. And I feel like it has duped a lot of my friends into getting married. Because, like, wow, this looks like a lot of fun. Jimmy's got this good racket. His wife's fun. She builds stuff. She's a great cook. She's easy on the eyes. She's funny. She's smart. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, I guess everybody gets one of these. But that's not necessarily how it works. You all have that friend. Okay, who you can see the horror on their face every second of the day because they are getting beaten like a rented mule behind the scenes. We all have that married friend. You haven't seen him in five years, but the first time you see his face, his mouth isn't open, but you can hear him talking inside. So I don't doubt there are people out there that actually do oppose gay marriage just because they want gay people to be happy. But the point is, you know, you're in love with somebody, go marry him. I don't care one way or the other. But you know who did care? The Democrats. Until they didn't care because it became politically viable. All of these straw man arguments and social justice crusades are never about the protected class of people. They're always about the political power that comes with fighting for them. If you don't ask me, ask, believe Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner, who came out as a woman, was on the cover of Vanity Fair day one. Day two, she got an ESPN Courage Award. Okay, day three, she said she was a Republican, and the Democrats were like, fuck you! I don't want to f- ever again! And that's exactly what they did, okay? Because why? Democrats are so full of crap. Yep. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We are fired up because we got a big hour of top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Jim Jordan is going to be joining us from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. And he's going to weigh in on the Democratic effort to prolong the January 6th hearings and hold them over the heads of Americans for a few more months. This is exhausting. The committee is meeting right now. It's their final public meeting. Jamie Raskin is speaking as we speak. Jamie Raskin, of course, challenged the certification of the 2016 election, challenged the very first state in the certification process, which was Alabama. That same Jamie Raskin now on TV claiming that anyone who challenged the certification of the electoral vote should die in a prison. That's just how white folks will do you. That's exactly what he's doing to us. Uh, But they're going to make a criminal referral uh, is what has just happened just seconds ago of Donald Trump for obstruction of an official proceeding. So they're going to try to charge Trump with with obstructing the electoral vote count at the Capitol. Now, did Trump go down there and do it? The answer would be no. Did Trump tell anybody to go down there and do it? The answer would be no. The actual verbatim quote, go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. He did not say, enter the building, stop the count, get him out of the way. But they're running with this anyway. And they're running with this why? Not because they think he's going to be charged criminally and spend any time in jail, but because the longer they can hang this over his head, the less likely it becomes for him to get back into the ring and maybe win the White House again. Tell it like it is. Here's the God's honest truth. We'll get into this with Jim Jordan. I think the Democrats are hoping and praying that Donald Trump becomes the Republican nominee in 2024. Just because, again, you might really like Donald Trump. And I might think his policies are phenomenal for the country, certainly better than Biden's are. But there's a percentage of this country that hates him with all the fiber in their being. And they might not be hating him based on accurate information. But they hate him nonetheless. I mean, I live in New York City where 70 percent of the people here hate him just so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. You can't imagine how many spectacularly rich white people I know who hate Trump as a lifestyle. They have everything in the world going for them known to man, but they're miserable. So they spend all day, you know, trashing Trump, trashing his supporters so they don't have to look inward. They don't have to look inward at all the disgust they have for themselves. These are people who go home at night to the Upper West Side of Manhattan, the Joy Behars of the world, fill up their bathtub, stick their head in it, and just scream. Driven home in limos. They're getting eight-handed massages. You know, got more money than God, but they're miserable. So what do they do every day? They co-host The View. Then they get up to the Upper West Side, run the tub, and... Ah! <laughs> ah! I hate Trump! And that's what these people do. And that's what this criminal referral is going to be. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S. That's what they're charging. They're going to try to, you know, refer to the DOJ. Now, let's be clear. If the DOJ wanted to prosecute Donald Trump criminally, they didn't need these hearings. Okay? The DOJ is the Justice Department. This is a committee. A committee that, for the first time in the 246-year history of our country, was assembled without allowing the minority party to seat panelists. That's not right. What that means is this was a trial without a defense. It was just a prosecution. Everybody got together and had a Trump is bad group therapy session. 
And that's what the January 6th committee is. It's very much a show trial that was designed to have a political impact on the midterms. Okay, I told you this earlier. I played you a Chuck Schumer clip from last week. I'll play it for you again just so you can hear it. Here's Chuck Schumer flat out admitting what he's not supposed to admit, which is that, yeah, I think it helped in the midterms that we showed this on TV every night. This is clip 10. There were the January 6th hearings. I think they had an important effect because people didn't just read about something that happened once, but every night they saw on TV these hooligans, these insurrectionists being violent, beating up police officers. How about that? Did you hear that? Yeah, no, it did. It, it did, you know, it did play a part. Every night they saw this video on TV, the violence, blah, blah, blah. Shut up, fool. What a loser. Okay, the Capitol was bad. We condemned it in real time. This is a thing that goes on in our country. Okay, consensus is of no value to the Democratic Party. They are a grievance movement. They need you to be disgusted with somebody at all times. Okay, you think about right now. Our border is being overrun at an all-time record level. Five million people have come into this country illegally in the past year. That can't be good. But we're going out there trying to criminally prosecute the guy who secured the border at the behest of the guy who opened it up. Who's really causing more harm to the country? And the truth is, again, if it's about questioning the legitimacy of elections and that being an existential threat to our country, here is every Democrat after 2016 and, oh, yeah, 2018 in the midterms telling you all the voting machines were hacked. Listen to these voices. You'll recognize all of them. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty-three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! Think about that. That's Kamala Harris saying, oh, no, we hacked all the voting machines. We, we could hack them ourselves. That's how easily hackable they were. So you don't understand. The Democrats do not, do not legitimately care about questioning the outcome of elections. All right? Corrine Jean-Pierre is an election denier. She has tweeted repeatedly that the 2016 election was stolen. Hakeem Jeffries... He's getting ready to replace Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Hakeem Jeffries is on the record on Twitter over a dozen times saying the 2016 election was stolen. So this isn't about election deniers. Do you understand? The Democrats are not trying to protect democracy. The Democrats are trying to protect the Democrats. 
and they're going in on Trump and they're trying to hit him with criminal charges because that is so much more viable at the polls than vote for us. We'll let the border get overrun even more. Do you like high inflation? We can take it higher. So what the murder rates at a 35-year high? We can do better, you guys. Give us another chance. They're a grievance movement. I once heard Rush Limbaugh say this when I was in my cab, and I didn't even understand it at the time because I was probably dealing with a grievance in the back seat of my cab. Like, how dare you not make a left? <laughs> like, people freak out on you in the cab. It's pretty funny. But they're a grievance movement. Consensus is of no value to the Democratic Party. Okay, everybody who watched the Capitol was like, oh, this is bad. This is actually a really, you can't do this. Shouldn't be inside the Capitol. Should be wrecking stuff. Do I believe there were feds involved making it worse? I 1 million percent believe there were feds involved. In fact, I know there were because when they were asked to testify under oath whether or not there were any feds involved, they said, I can't answer the question. You know what that means? That means there were feds involved. Anyway. Okay, we all watched it. We all said it was bad, whether it was feds, whether it was exclusively Trump supporters, was far right yahoos. We all knew it was bad. But that consensus was of no value to the Democrats. So just like they did when George Floyd got killed. Okay, everybody who watched Derek Chauvin, a thug cop, kneel on George Floyd, said it was bad, said you can't be doing this. But the consensus is of no value if you're trying to exploit something for political gain. So what did they say in the summer of George Floyd? They said, well, it wasn't Derek Chauvin who knelt on his neck. It was the entire country of America. We're systemically racist. We got to get rid of Aunt Jemima. Racist. We got to screw that black family out of royalties every year. We got to get rid of Uncle Ben. Racist. Screw that Asian family out of royalties every year. And then for a while, they were hooting and hollering about defunding the police till the murder rate spiked, and they realized they were getting the people cared they purported to care about. But it didn't matter because they won an election off of that division. We all agreed that it was bad. What we didn't agree on in the aftermath was whether or not George Floyd's death was the responsibility of one thug cop or all of us. No differently than January 6th. We all agreed it was bad. I was on the air. I'm like, what are you doing, man? You can't do this. This is horrible. Okay, but what we didn't agree on, which was their effort to repurpose January 6th as a white supremacist attempt to overthrow the government. They weren't trying to, we weren't going to have a new president. Okay, it wasn't going to keep Trump in power because they marched in protest and broke into offices. They should not have done that. But the Democrats tried to give it a higher meaning than it held for the sole purpose of exploiting it for political gain. That's what's going on right now with these criminal referrals. Now it allows everybody on left-wing networks to say, how could this guy run again? This is a man who's been criminally referred by the Department of Justice. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Do you understand the people making the criminal referral are the same people who told you there was definitive proof of Russian collusion? No, no, you don't understand. Vladimir Putin controls our government. It's the biggest conspiracy theory in the history of the world. Okay, the biggest one. Okay, it's not... Who shot J.R.? I know that galvanized the nation back in the 80s. Okay, but the biggest, craziest question, does Vladimir Putin have control of our government? The Democrats told you for two and a half years he did. That we straight up were living in a country that was no longer a sovereign country. It was controlled by a foreign entity who had blackmail on your president. That's what we were told. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, wasn't Donald Trump, okay, who killed an American energy pipeline while green lighting a Russian pipeline. Okay, it was Joe Biden who did that. 
It was Donald Trump who imposed the harshest sanctions on Vladimir Putin. It was Joe Biden that attempted to remove a lot of them, only to re-implement them when Putin invaded Ukraine under Biden. And again, if Donald Trump is Vladimir Putin's lapdog, wouldn't Vladimir Putin have pulled all of these stunts under, oh, I don't know, Donald Trump? I think he's got a point. So are you telling me Putin and Trump were so cozy that Putin waited until Trump left town to start getting aggressive on the world stage? Come on, don't bullshit. But that's exactly what they're doing. Was it Donald Trump's kids who got $3 million from a Russian oligarch to sell influence in our government? No, it was Joe Biden's. Wasn't Donald Trump who was influence peddling in Ukraine? None of the Trump kids got a million dollar a month job on a power company despite not speaking the language, despite not knowing anything about the energy business. Hunter Biden did. And again, I'm making this point. Why? Because if the Democrats are really concerned about influence peddling or influencing elections or threats to democracy, they wouldn't need a criminal referral. They'd need a mirror. But the bigger point here is why they continue to go after Trump. And this is what you need to understand. I don't believe, as a betting man, Trump is going to be the Republican nominee in 2024. I, I think he's going to run. He's going to lose. I mean, he's running. I think he's going to lose. Um, just personally. Doesn't mean I don't like him. Doesn't mean you should get mad at me for sharing my honest opinion. You don't need an activist on the radio. You need a talk show host who can have honest conversations with you because believing your own BS forces you to make dumb decisions. And if you don't believe me, again, go look at CNN. Okay? Go look at a place like The View where they all just echo each other's garbage all day. The View is awful. Is it ever? Okay, but the point is, I'm not here to do agree FM. I'm here to be honest with you. I don't think Trump's going to run again and win. I don't think that. I mean, he's kind of running. He announced his campaign. He hasn't had an event since, which is weird for somebody running for president. But understand, you know, he's selling trading cards. He's doing other things. And I don't begrudge him that. It is very much his right to do that. But I think what the Democrats are trying to do here, and I think this is the bipartisan part of the January 6th committee, not talking about the Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger's of the world. They're both clowns. Okay, but I think the reason establishment politicians like Mitch McConnell are perfectly fine with what the January 6th committee is doing to Donald Trump is because even establishment politicians like Mitch McConnell, okay, do not condone the idea that a political outsider could lead our government ever again. I think that's the bigger takeaway and the bigger reason January 6th is a thing is they're not necessarily trying to send a message to Trump. Yeah, they hate him with all the fiber in their being. Yeah, they don't want him to run again and win. But I think the bigger point they're trying to make is to the other Trumps out there, the other private business entities who have a good acumen in turning companies around, who have a good background in making efficient progress on behalf of large groups of people, as opposed to getting down to the swamp, becoming go-along-to-get-along politicians who say all the right things in front of a microphone and then head down the K Street and have a $5,500 lunch with some special interest group. That's what most of Washington is, and that's what most of Washington wants to continue to be. Because it pays really well. They get a lot of good stock options. They make $170,000 a year on the books but retire with $50 million in the bank. Okay? The reason they want you to believe Donald Trump is a criminal and they'll stop at nothing to convince you is because it gets you to look away from the fact that pretty much everybody yelling at him happens to be a criminal. You're absolutely right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jim Jordan coming up from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. But right now, my man Reese is on the line. He's not happy with a lot of these Democratic ideologies. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Let's hope we can calm him down. Yo, Reese! Man, that was quite the introduction, my friend. Howdy and Magadettos. <laughs> Listen, we have a lot of big production value on this show because it ma- it masks the fact that I don't really know what I'm doing. Well, I know you know what the heck you're doing, oh, or Reese. else you wouldn't be as successful as you are. Such a smooth well, talker, that Reese. Don't sweet talk me. What do you think? What do you take Not- it away? Well, listen. Here's the deal. I think we are. We're in a really trying time at this moment, and I don't think that, you know, Trump is the answer. Maybe DeSantis is not the answer. But at the same time, like, at what point do we tell those Democrats on the other side, like, to pound sand? And I heard you talking earlier about wearing masks and stuff like that is, that that's not the real world. The the real world mm-hmm. outside of those cities yep. is far different out here in rural America. And right? we're very blessed that we live out here in the middleware, oh, quite right. quite frankly. Believe me, I get it. I always say on the show, you know, the, the coast likes to make fun of the middle of the country as the flyover yeah. states. The flyover states are killing it, okay? It's their space. Your money goes a lot further. You don't have any of the adversity we have of, you know, pantless hobbits on the sidewalk fondling themselves when you walk out of the house. Uh, you know, in the East Coast, are drive-over states. You're driving over syringes and filth and trash. So you're right to stay in the middle of the country, uh, but the rest of the country needs to learn what you were just saying, which is that the middle of the country's values are actually better for all of us. Reese, I'm nominating you in 2024 since you're not sold on Trump or DeSantis. Do you accept one word, yes or no? Absolutely not. Oh, Reese, thought we had some. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I will tell you, one of the greatest YouTube montages you'll ever watch, that is a Ted Nugent song called Stranglehold. And if you Google Lawrence Taylor highlights, he's a linebacker for the New York Giants, number 56, someone has a montage of every sack in LT's career set to the tune of Stranglehold. I mean, it is wild stuff if you're looking for a distraction from all of this nonsense in D.C. Joining us now is a guy who's very much in the thick of the nonsense, but he could very well be the Lawrence (laughs) Taylor of Congress. Representative Jim Jordan is here. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Merry Christmas. Hope you and your family are doing fine. I got a lot of my family. We'll get there in a minute. But really quickly, do you remember my man Lawrence Taylor on the Giants, number 56? Well, if I remember right, he's the one that – Broke Joe Seisman. Is he the one that he did tackle Joe Seisman? He did. (laughs) Oh, he broke a lot of things. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. He was a wrecking crew. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he had some habits. Like once in a while, the thirty-five yard line would be missing because he snorted it. But you know, listen, the 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 bottom line. Yeah, he got the job. He was amazing linebacker uh, and fast and big. I mean, just just amazing. No, no question there. But uh, I'm I'm going to pivot because I just got a statement. Uh, on this ethics referral from the Department of, uh, you know, from the January 6th committee. And I want to preface this really quick because I know it's your statement and, and, you know, I want to respond to this. But 
isn't it true, because I told my listeners this earlier, that this is the first committee in the history of this country that didn't allow the minority party to appoint yeah. members to the panel? Is that technically true? Yeah. That, 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 is, that is definitely true. First time in American history where you have a committee where there's no cross-examination ability because all nine members had, had voted to impeach President Trump. The, the, the minority leader uh, for the first time in history wasn't allowed to appoint to this select committee the people he or she had selected. Never happened before. So, yeah, and then add on top of all that, the lies they told, that we caught them in – even though we weren't part of the committee, even though we could be in the depositions, couldn't see the transcripts, we still caught them in, in numerous lies. And two in particular about me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this, this, is, this is what this committee was up to. Yeah, well, that's the point I was going to make here is that as I'm reading these referrals, you know, they're going to make some, hey, well, you know, committees never refer to, pre- you know, president like this. They also never impeached the guy twice for nothing, you yeah. know, never, yeah. you know, scapegoated him with the, the Mueller probe. So it's hard to take anything they say at face value. Um, yeah. So what do you think the end game is here? Do they just want to hang it over Trump's head to complicate a 2024 run? Like, where do you see him going with this? Yeah, that it's always been about stopping President Trump because they don't want someone who's going to come to the town and shake up the place and take on the establishment and take on the swamp and whatever term you want to use because that's what he did, and he got more done than any president in my lifetime, our lifetimes, uh, and he did it with every Democrat against him, everyone in the press against him, uh, half the Republicans against him, all the bureaucracy against him, and this, this, this partisan committee created by nine people who were out to get him. Mm-hmm. So they've never – and you know you could step back and think about it like – uh, Matt Gates, one of our one of my colleagues and, and, and friends, said a great line in committee a few months ago. He said, "When is when is the uh, the, the government going to stay out of the elections and just let we the people decide?" Could you? You imagine? know, in 2016 they spied on Trump's campaign. 2018 it was the Mueller investigation special counsel. We got to have a 2020. Um, they, it was suppressing of the of the Hunter Biden laptop story with the with the aid of Twitter, a subsidiary of the of the FBI. Uh, and then in 2022, they raid President Trump's home 91 days before the election. And then for 2024, three days after he announces he's running for president in 2024, three days afterwards, they name a special counsel to harass him for the next two years. So maybe it'd be nice if they just let let the country decide, let we the people decide who we want as president and who we want representing us in Congress. Could you imagine that? Jim Jordan is on the line from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He's riding high as Bengals beat the Buccaneers yesterday. What a game. Buccaneers look terrible in the third quarter. I mean, what, it, remember the guy, he, he, he kick, I, I haven't yeah. just watched part of that game and it was uh, a third quarter. Yeah. He catches the... He catches the kickoff on the on the you know on the goal uh, line and he and he gets to the seven. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> like I, there's two things. I was trying to figure out who went crazier yesterday, Brady on his special teams, or if you saw the end of the uh, the Patriots game, they're playing the Raiders. Okay, it's oh, it's, it's, it's lateral. Yes, it's going to overtime. Bill Belichick calls a run play to run out the clock, but the team laterals the ball and gets pick six for a touchdown. What would you give? What would you give to hear Bill Belichick talking to his team in the locker room after that? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, like it's like it's not like you're behind. It's going into overtime. I, I saw that when I happened to click on late last night. Like I watched, you know how you watch the ten minutes of ESPN so you can see the top ten yep. plays for the day and mm. and catch the football highlights. And I'm like, what? We yeah. I've done. We've done better in in backyard football. It's at the, <laughs> the Jordan family dinner for goodness sake. Like what was that? <laughs> Dude, it was funny. I was I was actually watching it. I was in your district yesterday because I had um I had stand up in Indiana. What? Yeah, you, I, it, you it's, came. It, it's a whole to do. To Just, the fourth. 
By, oh, okay, I, I, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was doing stand up in Fort Wayne, Indiana this weekend, and yeah. uh, on the way out, on the way home from Indiana because I drove because I had some stops yeah. to make along the way. Uh, yeah. We we wound up getting a flat and made a pit stop in Wapakoneta and just flew home out of Dayton and left my Bronco in Wapak. So I got to oh, go. Yeah. I got to go back and your car is in the fort safely in the fourth district. Yeah, the Bronco. As Jenny's dad said, the Bronco's been tied up in the barn. It is in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> where it, where it's safe. And uh, by the way, I re- you know who was at my show Friday night? Uh, our guy D- Doug Spencer from St. Mary's, Ohio, came out no to the kidding. show. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's still shaking me down for a date in that 200-year-old yes. theater. And it's going to happen. Yes. We're going to go out there. Yes. But, yeah, but well, you got to we got to you got to come because I'm coming to hang with you whenever it is, man. We're going to make it work. I already told him I'll be there as long as there's no Russell. Yeah, I'm kidding. Stick with me. <laughs> Stick with me. Go, go watch. Go watch, uh, go watch the uh, the Blue Jackets, the hockey, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh. They do this thing on Ohio, and they're they're pronouncing it's all these foreign players pronouncing Wapakoneta. We put it <laughs> on our Twitter. It's kind of a funny little thing because oh, they're like they're like they're kind of looking and like yeah, Wapakoneta, home of Neil Armstrong with the museum <laughs> and everything. It's a famous place. More importantly, it's now I've got got your Bronco in the barn there in Wapakoneta. Yeah, they can open like a zoo. They can you can come see the you see the Bronco <laughs> petting zoo uh, out in Wapak. They could do that. And you know I have a white Bronco like I'm OJ. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, but stick oh, stick stick with me because these are two things. Okay, we get this we yeah. get this crazy referral today. It also comes at the same time. This latest batch of Twitter files yeah. shows yeah. us that the FBI was not working with Twitter. They were working at Twitter. Okay, there were so many agents that left the bureau that went to Twitter that they had established a Slack channel to acclimate former department employees at Twitter. So wouldn't you argue if we're really concerned about election interference and things of, you know, threatening democracy, I really feel like we need a good look inward at the FBI, do we not? Yeah, weird. And that's what we're going to do, because you're exactly right. What they did in in just the days before the uh, 2020 election. Uh, not to mention what, who knows what else they've been up to. Mm-hmm. But you know, they, they were they were suppressing information on COVID and all kinds of things. So, um, but what they did to the election that was that was real election interference mm-hmm. uh, because of what what the polling shows like I forget what percentage it's a huge percentage of voters said yeah if we didn't all, all fifteen percent man fifteen yeah, you understand fifteen percent in in eighty million votes you're talking about yeah. millions of votes in an election decided yeah. by less than fifty thousand. Yeah, and remember when the fifty-one Intel people put out that 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 letter that was false. When they put that out, Joe Biden then cited that in the in the final debate. Like you're like you know he said to President Trump, no, no, that didn't happen. Fifty-one former Intel people. Well, that was all BS. We all thought it was BS at the time. Now we know it was. And and that letter and what the FBI was doing, as you say, not with but at. Uh, at Twitter and at these big tech platforms, this Elvis Chan guy having weekly meetings with these folks mm-hmm. to suppress key information that we're entitled to have before an election, for goodness sake. Um, no, it's a direct attack on the First Amendment, and we're going to dig into it. No, you're right to do so, because I would tell you, like we speak a lot in sports terms, this is a game-changing interference penalty that the refs yep. didn't call because they clearly had money on one of the teams. And like once yep. you realize that, like no American should be okay with that. And that's the problem I have with, you know, we live in such a hyper-partisan time. A lot of people are playing the short game. They're okay with things that benefit their party, yeah. even if in the long game they harm our country. And the no, reason I, I bring that up too, Jim, is because 
you know, you understand that if every one of these news organizations now openly admit the Hunter Biden laptop is real, which the CBSs do, the New York Times do, the Washington Post yep. do, then shouldn't they all be screaming and yelling for a real legitimate investigation? Because if the laptop is real, that means the emails are real. And the emails show them selling influence in our government. So do you yep. think this is window dressing because you guys did take back the House and Elon Musk did buy Twitter? Or do you think there's – because I don't see an interest out of the left-wing media to actually pursue the Hunter no, Biden story. No, it's sad. Uh, the, the left today is, is all about just their their agenda and not the First Amendment, not fairness, not what, as you said, not the long game, what's good for the country in the long term. So that's just that's just who they are. But that doesn't that doesn't mean we don't have a duty as as members of Congress when we take the office to support the Constitution. We have a duty to get the facts to the country, and we're we're going to do that in an aggressive fashion. But we're going to do it in a way that's that's consistent with the, with the Constitution as well. We have to. Because that co- the collusion between big tech, big government, big media, and now it looks like some of these not-for-profit NGOs who are involved in this as well mm-hmm. to suppress key information, that is a problem. That, that is not how this great country is, is supposed to work. And here's one of the practical things. You know those 51 former intel officials? Almost all of them keep their security clearance. Yep. Why is that? So they can go talk with the FBI and CIA. Everyone can get their story straight, make sure then that that information gets to big tech. That is that is frightening if that's all going on, which it sure looks like it was and maybe continues some to this day. And it took – think about it. It took a billionaire, as one of my buddies said, uh, one of my colleagues said, a billionaire buying a crime scene, buying Twitter <laughs> for us to figure it out. It's, I mean to, to, well, not, not – we sort of had it figured out, yeah. but to, to affirm what we all suspected. And now the only thing we frankly had wrong is it's worse than we thought, which is always how this stuff plays out. The only thing we get wrong on this stuff is it's always worse than we initially said, even while the press was at the time calling us conspiracy theorists and crazy. It's like, no, no, no. It was worse than we thought, guys. So, you know, that's why it has to be investigated. So we get everything out there and hopefully then it never happens again. Well, do you think on some level that's also why? That they're making referrals on guys like Trump and guys like yourself because they want to discredit the actual findings that are going to come out? Is that what you think? It's that simple? Of course. They always do it. What, what, why did they make up this crazy stuff about Brett Kavanaugh? Why did we have a guy in front of the Judiciary Committee two weeks ago who said, oh, Shazam, I just remembered that in 2014, Justice Alito leaked to one of my donors the outcome of the Hobby Lobby decision. What? Where did that? It's all BS. They come. It's lies that they then go out and trash people and hope we all keep our head down and no one speaks up. And meanwhile, they just take away the First Amendment and get their left wing agenda. And frankly, you're not standing for it. That's why every day you're on radio talking about the truth. That's why so many people are saying we're not standing for it because we love this country so much. We're, we're going to stand up and defend the things that make it a great place and make it the best country ever, even with the left doing what they're doing. Oh, I'll take it. Jim Jordan is on the line from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, and you're right. It's like nobody's operating with the greater good of the country in mind, and it's frustrating. But the hard-hitting question I've got to hit you with before we go is Christmas Eve, okay, the Bengals are in New England. They're playing Bill Belichick off of this disastrous lateral play we discussed earlier. And the Bengals are like the hottest team in the NFL right now. But I want you to know this, okay? Uh, You know, I know you're a casual sports fan, but I am a guy like Russell who has paid and not paid his rent because of betting on sports over the years. I'm just telling you because I care and I have to have an intervention with Bill Hammer tomorrow on America's Newsroom. The Bengals are only favored by three over the Patriots. That might be a sucker bet for your Bengals, man. 
Yeah. I'm telling yeah. I'm telling you cuz I yeah. care. You might want to take this one off and go, you know, yeah, stocks and stuffing. I don't need that stuff and and you shouldn't you should not either, but um <sighs> the uh but the, you know, Joe Burrows is. I, I've only watched a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but every time I turn on, it seems like in the second half he's the toughest quarterback, the best yes. quarterback in, in football. Dude. I mean, it just seems like yesterday what he did because what when they were down seventeen zero, they get mm-hmm. like the I caught like the I turned it on right when they got the field goal at the end of the first half, I think. Okay. And so it's seventeen three, and then they just like crush him in the third quarter, and it's like Joe Burrows is the man. Yeah. Not to mention some of the mistakes of the Buccaneers. So yeah, I, I whatever. Bet on Joe. Bet on the bet on the Bengals if you have to bet. Whoa, they're Jim Jordan. I mean, listen, inflation's <laughs> at a forty year high. We're at you know, and, and it's not. I appreciate the financial advice because we're at a point now where it's affecting both parties, not just Republicans. I mean, you think about Democrats. No Democrat should have to choose between feeding their five year they're taking him to a drag show. You know what I'm saying? These, they're, they're facing difficult choices in both parties. That's all I'm saying, man. All right. Oh, Lord. I, got, I got to go do Gutfeld. Where did I think you, were fun, you were funny on – yeah, you're doing Gutfeld. I saw you like – the last time I saw Gutfeld a week or so ago, it was like you, were, you had some – I can't remember, but it was like some funny stuff. Oh, I'm man. like, I haven't done Jimmy's radio, but here we are today doing the radio. Yeah, yeah. Two days before Christmas. Merry Christmas. Get your Bronco back from God's country. Uh, yep. And uh, we'll, talk. We'll, uh, we'll we'll visit with you next week or well, so. Yeah, and you'll see me on the, on TV New Year's Eve. I'm hosting New Year's Eve, and I'm doing – Oh, sta- yeah, that's right. And I'm doing stand-up before that. the ball drops. And it's just – it's exciting to know <laughs> – 10 million people are watching, and you could end your career with one joke on live television. It's going to be great. So we'll play some defense. But Merry Christmas, my man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. Take Take care, care. Jim. There he goes. The great Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. And it's a true story, man. Nobody is playing the long game, okay? The FBI interfered in the 2020 election. They interfered on behalf of a Democratic candidate. And if you're reading Twitter files, which nobody is, most of the media is not covering it, like we had that opinion – about Twitter, okay, but we now know through the actual emails and back-channel communications between the FBI and the top executives at Twitter that they were actively interfering and suppressing certain information. At one point, according to the release that came out today, the FBI was chiding Twitter because Twitter said they hadn't found much propaganda on their app heading into the election. They said, well, we actually don't have anything this time around. It's not like 2016 where there were a lot of bots and stuff. There's really nothing going on. And the FBI contacted them and said, how dare you? It's everywhere, don't you see? Facebook's finding it. Google's finding it. And why did they say that? Not because it was there, but because they were prepping them for the Hunter Biden laptop story. They went, the FBI went to the big tech companies knowing the Hunter Biden laptop story was about to see the light of day. Okay, the FBI. Okay, understand, this is known stuff. The guy who was sitting on the Hunter Biden laptop story in the summer of 2019 went to the FBI, said, hey, I was repairing this laptop. It seems to have overwhelming evidence of criminal wrongdoing by this Hunter Biden fella. His dad was then a potential candidate for president, but not yet running. That's where this J.P. Isaac fella comes into the story, brings it to the FBI. They ask him a couple of questions. They say, all right, somebody will get back to you. Nobody ever does. A year and a half later, He goes and gives this laptop to Rudy Giuliani, who unbeknownst to Rudy Giuliani and the rest of the world, the FBI was surveilling Rudy Giuliani. So when they knew through Rudy Giuliani's communications that he was getting ready to share the laptop with the New York Post, the FBI ran to all the big tech companies before it could happen and said, oh, by the way, there's some big Russian disinformation coming up next week. Just ignore it. Oh! 
And that's how they got ahead of the story and manipulated the outcome of an election. The Hunter Biden laptop story is now acknowledged as real. The New York Times, the Washington Post, all of these people who said it wasn't real and we can't report on it, okay, waited until the election was over and then said what we all knew to be true on the front end, which is that the whole thing was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like, it's a, it's a game changer. My oh my, would you look at the time. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. The journey not over. I am coming up on your television set tonight at 11 o'clock with our lovable comedy dwarf Greg Gutfeld. Uh, if that's not enough Fallivision, tomorrow you can see me on the Outnumbered Couch with the ladies of Outnumbered. I'll be on the Ingram Angle tomorrow night with Laura Ingram. Wednesday, you'll see me on Waters World. Thursday, you'll see me on the Sean Hannity Show. Friday, you'll see me on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner, and I'll be subbing in for Greg on the Five. Uh, whatever you do between now and then, the show's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.